What is up, Devil fans? The first two Devils games are in the books. Welcome to the Trap Podcast. I am your host, Bill Botch. It is October 15th at 4.45 p.m., and the Devils have two games under their belt. Um, It was awesome to be back at the Prudential Center in Newark. Hockey season is officially begun, and it was great running into so many of you guys and seeing all the familiar faces um, that we're used to seeing around the rink. Um, it was nice. We, we got to see, we hung out with Patty Shambro when we took a shot of black house of all things with uh, the, uh, the Brat pack. <laughs> um, everybody was out in, in full force. Uh, so it, it was really good. It was really good to see everybody. Um, we had beautiful weather. So Edison place was, was, you know, packed with people. They had the red carpet event on Thursday and then Friday was just as busy because I think there's a lot of people that couldn't get into Thursday night's game. And then Friday lent itself to parents being able to bring their kids and whatnot and cover all that. But uh, yeah, it was just great to, uh, to be part of the season opener and uh, for them to play back to back games was really cool because you got your double dose. You didn't have to wait around. You got one game to get teased a little bit and then you didn't have to wait around a couple of days. It was, they were back to back, which the devils lead the league in the most back to back games this season. So they're going to rely on their goaltending duo to, uh, to, st- you know, give them a fighting chance. We have bill senior on the podcast as usual. Uh, the pickle dad, what was your, um, how did it feel to be back at the Prudential center? Oh, it was fantastic. It was great getting back with everybody out there, you know, getting the chance going. It was a lot of fun. Yep. So, um, there is a lot to look forward to. I mean, the hype around the devils this season, this off season has been through the roof. Um, which I've brought up before was like a not concerning, but it was something to where like, let's keep things in perspective a little bit. It's one of those things you're, you're probably, you're probably not as bad as at your worst. And you're not, you're not as great as you are when you're at your best. And I, I think um, the devils last year had a lot of things break for them the right way, which led to their greatest season in franchise history. Uh, regular season anyway. So I was a little cautious about, um, you know, letting teams off to early leads and having to come back all the time. Um, the health of the team last year was impeccable. Um, we got very lucky with that. So there, there was just a lot of different things. And then we lost a couple of experienced players on our back end, which we've talked to at length at this point. Um, but there was a bunch of stuff that, I was looking forward to seeing this year and it started with the chicken tenders. That's for me. That's where it started. <laughs> I wanted to see what the food was going to be like at the Prudential Center. People have been talking about these chicken tenders. Um, and it was crazy. We, one thing I could, one thing I would suggest to any of you listeners out there who are younger in your twenties or teens or, or even early thirties is don't get old. That's, that's my suggestion to you. 
Um, I'm like 41 now and I have, uh, I have to take like these, I have to take these like pills for, uh, I have like acid reflux, which causes my like esophagus to be inflamed, which basically means I choke on my food. Um, it's a real, it's a real conversation starter when you go out to dinner, I'll tell you that. So, uh, I wanted to try these new tendies out. Uh, the kids wanted them, so we we buy we we buy these chicken tenders. First of all, the lady that sold me the chicken tenders, I'm pretty sure it was Snoop from The Wire. She she looked like an ex convict who was going to kill me because I asked to keep the cap for my water that I was buying for my seven-year-old. I thought my dead body was going to be thrown into a, a row house and nail gunned in there. Um, and so she hands us these two boxes of chicken tenders. They were like anvils. They were literally like, it they was like, pretty heavy. they were so heavy. It was like one of those things can feed an entire family for sure. So we get down to the, we're going to watch warm ups. We get down behind the net and we're sitting there. And uh, I'm like, oh, I got to try one of these things. It is a serious bird. Like these are not frozen chicken tenders. These are like, these things are, are hearty. Okay. So I like, I bite into one and I'm like eating it. And it's like kind of like spicy and it gets like stuck in my throat <laughs> and my kids are like excited to see the team come out and everything. And I'm just like standing there with a fifth, like 40 ounce can of Modelo that I'm trying to like wash this thing down with. <laughs> I'm just like, where, where am I? What is going wrong? Like, wh what am I doing with myself? Um, the tenders are, uh, Let's, they're husky, okay? They're they're husky tenders. They're they're heavy to where they you could throw them very far um, for all of our fans who who like to get throw things in the air, the get things in the air. These have these have a ton of potential. Um, so the the tenders were it was it was encouraging, uh, just not for me. I, I I apparently am incapable of uh, digesting them. Uh, but where, that was where was the new restaurant that they were talking about? There's supposedly a new restaurant in there that overlooks the city and it's got great views. It's up top. I didn't see it. Well, we weren't up top at any point. Well, we did go up top to to the one part by our section. I've got a feeling it's on the other side. Yeah, I mean, to, I think we're gonna have to search that one out tomorrow because if there is a better place to grab something to eat there, I want to find it because I'm tired of eating freaking cupfuls of uh, pretzels because everything else had, is like a three-hour, three-hour wait. You had plenty of time to get food prior to the game on Friday. I had so I did have some time, but it took. I, they were letting into the devil's den. They were letting people in like ten at a time, and I stood online there for at least a half hour. It's crazy. All right, you had time to eat. Let's on on Thursday for, or on Friday. On Thursday, on Friday. we were we were uh, we were busy drinking. We had uh, time so to we drink. Didn't, yes. We didn't have time to eat, but um. 
yeah, so that that was that was good. The game started, and I think we'll just sum up. We'll just talk about both games at the same time. I don't think there's really a need to break down each game individually. Um, there was definitely a lack of urgency and compete uh, for the for the team, especially in the first period. And one of the things that I continue to bring up was last year, the Devils let teams get off to a fast start on them. The Devils continued to have to get off to very slow starts and they would, you know, we would be down by one or two goals and going into the second and the third period. And they were always able to climb their way out of these holes. And I think that that's a dangerous, you know, you don't want that to be part of your reputation and you don't want that to be a, a, a constant because teams are going to be more prepared for you. Um, and you're not always going to be able to, to come back. You're not always going to be able to spot a team, a goal or two. So they came out slow versus Detroit, a very sloppy first period. Um, I thought not taking anything away from Detroit. I thought Detroit played really hard and played really well. Um, Dylan Larkin looked pretty good. And Lucas Raymond, Mo Sider, all the people that you would expect to look good did. Um, but the Devils really didn't get anything going as far as five on five, in my opinion. Mm. You know, the the Brat-Hughes combo drove play. But besides that, there was really not much that I was very impressed with um and vtech vanacek said we won the game because of these yeah in, in, in my opinion uh i did like the play of actually the siegenthaler and um and hamilton pairing dougie ends up scoring the the big goal with about four minutes left in the game which it's funny because this entire offseason all the players that we've brought up all the you know Stanley Cup aspiration and stories and scenarios and this and that. And Dougie's name really has not been brought up as much as it probably deserves to be. Um, and you saw what he does when he was on the ice. He, he manages to find the net and he has what the kids call a piss missile, um, which he uh, just bombs from the point to where they hit the net and, uh, he, he bailed us out again, and he's a guy who scored, I believe it was like 22 goals or 23 goals last season, and you wondered if that was going to be – they were all career highs for him in points and in goals. You wonder if he was going to be able to uh, recreate that, and over the first two games, he's definitely been one of our best players, and um, I'm really happy with what I've seen out of uh, Dougie so far over the past two games. Yeah, Dougie looked really good. Um, <clears throat> like you said, I think it. I think they came out. They were very underwhelming. I think um, our first line, Nico's line. I think between him, I, Mercer disappeared uh, halfway through the game. Which, if you if you were reading today, they have Palat uh, up on that first line now with. Um, with Nico and Timo, which I don't know that that's the answer, but um, I think well, that what, first, what is first line, 
Well, I think putting Holtz up there, if Holtz is ready, is ready to play, I think we were pretty successful in in um, in preseason. So you know, if it if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know, so I think putting Holtz back up there would might have been the better the better solution. And it's only two games, and we all know what Mercer can do. We all know what Nico can do. But that that line. That line for two games looked very, very flat. Um, our goaltending did kind of bail us out. Uh, the Brat uh, Hughes line is going to be, you know, they just continued what they were doing in preseason. I think both of those guys are going to be 100-point players this year. Um you know, we just we we can't we can't play two periods of hockey. We have to come out from the very beginning and play hard. I was I was happy. You know, we were talking about this, but the eye test sometimes doesn't match up to the stats that that come out the next day or a couple hours after the game. And I thought Hughes, uh, Luke Hughes, and Holtz played very well. Looking at the stat chart. They didn't look as good as what I think they looked on the ice, but I, I was happy with those guys. Okay. Um, okay, that's a that's a lot to to cover. That's um, okay. Where do you want to start with that? Well, what do you think of the, about them moving Palat up to to onto Nico's line? So, you know, despite I, I think Hughes and, and Brat are definitely they have a ton of chemistry and they know where they are on the ice. They didn't really play great five on five. They were our best line, I think. But I don't think that any of our lines really drove play and took over the way that we know that they can. Um, the Timo, Nico, Mercer line got caved in on really they they were not good uh and when you when you when you're talking about stats you're talking about analytics and um the analytics and expected goals for they were upside down for both games first two opponents that you would expect them to be able to not have their way with because everybody Detroit's obviously getting much better and trying to make that playoff push and the Coyotes have some they have a talented roster. I mean, they're not pushovers. They they had a rough season last year, especially on the road. But it it didn't look good. Like the Meyer the Meyer Nico Mercer line was no, bad. They looked terrible. Um, most of our offense was produced off of the power play. It was so. Five on five, there we really didn't have a line that played well five on five. So, you know, Lindy's going to go to the blender. And you look at the lines that they put together today with Timo, Nico, and Palat. I, I, I don't have a problem with it. I, I don't. Um, they left the Toffoli Hughes Brat line together and then they put Mercer down with Halla and Holtz. You brought up Holtz. I thought Holtz played good. I do. I think he is a NHL player. Um, now, he could shit the bed for the next dozen games, and it could be a different story, but as of the first two games, I thought that he played tough. 
I thought that he played with urgency. I thought he was pretty decent away from the puck. He played good along the wall. Um, you know, people, I think people forget how big he really is. He, he's a big kid, so he does he does play along the boards pretty well. He There was a scary play where he took a puck to the face on Friday night, and um, it was like right in front of us. Somebody like one of our defensemen basically took a slap shot and was dumping the puck in from behind the behind center ice and Hughes, I think it was stuck his stick out to deflect the puck so that it wasn't going to be icing. And he deflected it into Holtz's face and he went down in a heap and it, it definitely caught him in the mouth. We haven't really heard much about it, but I he did heard anything about it. He did come back out and play um, the rest of the game. Now rough sat him or either rough sat him or he wasn't good to go after he took those couple of shifts when he returned but um, I think Holtz has been I think Holtz has been fine, and he looks like he belongs in the lineup. Now, whether or not you want to put Holtz back up with Meyer and Heischer, I'm fine with that too. And I think that there's, you know, that's the line I kind of suggested prior to the season starting was a Palat Hall and Mercer line. So I'm fine with that as well. Um, and then you'll see that Lazar makes his way back into the lineup, playing on the left wing with McLeod and Bastion on the right wing. It sounds like Nosek is day-to-day. He's injured. You know, I, I, I have a couple questions from uh, our listeners, and we'll, we'll dive right into them. Um, so Pubius, who is a uh, friend of the, of the program. Remember we met him and his son last year, dad out yeah, in front. I remember. Yeah. So he was saying, why was, why was Lazar benched over Bastion? He thought that Lazar earned himself a roster spot in the preseason. I agree. So, I mean, I probably would play Lazar over no right now and give Bastion a couple more reps because he did miss so much time in the preseason. Right. Maybe, you know, I think we've seen that he's kind of earned that right to be able to, and we're he signed him for two years. So you obviously like the, the management and the coaching staff, like what Bashing can do. I think they're going to give him a little bit more time to maybe come out of his funk. He definitely played heavy as did Nosek. I, I didn't think Nosek played bad or anything. Um, but I well, he's, like back, he's back like in the lineup it. now, right? Being as uh, Nosek is hurt. Nosek's out. That's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Lazar is playing with, with, with uh, Bastion and, and McLeod. Um, we got a question from Jersey Joe. It is also a friend of the program. I don't understand the question, though. Will you eat a pork roll breakfast burrito when the Devils score a hat trick this season? I would eat one if they don't score a hat trick. Yeah, I mean, if they... <laughs> Sounds pretty good. Yeah. I, who sells them? Tell, ask Jersey Joe to tell us who sells them, because that sounds pretty freaking good. Basically, any night after drinking, I will eat a pork roll <laughs> breakfast burrito for breakfast. <laughs> But um, it's better than like, yes, I will. I will 
I will eat them after uh, hat tricks as well. <laughs> okay. Um, to Foley. Do you move to Foley off of the Hughes line? I wouldn't move him off. I wouldn't move him off. I'd give him a give him a chance. I think he's been another guy. It's you know he's there and and you know like like you said the analytics show good. I nobody is really standing out besides Hughes and Bratt and Dougie obviously, and and maybe our goaltending. Um, you know I think it, I think he's. It takes a while. You watch, you see when when Palak came in, how long it took, and you see Dougie came in. I think it takes a, I think it takes a while for for these guys to settle in and and get the the handle on our system and to get some chemistry going. All right, next question. Would you like to ask a question right at this particular time? Would oh. you like to do that? Okay. Andre CD. Now, this is guy is also a friend of the podcast, and thanks for the support, dude. This guy, he he likes a lot of our stuff. He said, watching the team make some old mistakes like past season. Do you think Lindy Ruff's job is safe until the end of this season? What's the limit with him? I don't think anybody's job is ever safe. Do you? I think you're you're judged upon your success, and I think it's going to take a while. I think it's a little early to be. And believe me, I, I was I was criticizing Lindy today when when I saw him make the, you know, the roster change. Um, but I think it's a little early right now. We got three out of four points. It's you know n- not time to to panic and think that anybody's job's in jeopardy right now. No, I'm just, you know, we're just answering questions because Pubius actually sent me a thing too. And he says, I like rough and the players do, but some of these decisions are head strack are, are head scratchers to say the least. They are. And, and what's funny is, you know, the, it's like Lindy Ruff should be held accountable for winning games because he has a roster that's loaded with talent. So he's kind of, it's like you get to the point to where, if you have a Ferrari or a Lamborghini or a Lamborghini, like you better be able to drive fast, drive fast. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you know, just because you have this really talented lineup and depth, you still have to use the players correctly and you still have to use the right players. And that was one of the problems I had with him strolling out Brendan Smith and not for nothing, Brendan Smith has looked very good. Like, I'm the first one, I like I say, I always call it like I see it. You know that I am not a fan of Brendan Smith if you listen to this podcast for more than five minutes. Um, but the past two games, he played good. But he did take a penalty that led directly to the goal that led them back into the game. He did. Arizona. So he played good the whole game. But he took a dumb Still penalty. That same mistake that he always took makes. Took a dumb penalty, tied the game up, sent it to overtime, and we lose in overtime. And you just this, you just know that that's going to happen. Even when he's playing well, you know that he doesn't have the foot speed. Yeah, that's and, and it's no discipline. It's just you have to show discipline at certain times of the game. It's you you just have to. Um, there was a scary scene this weekend with Nemitz, 
who he got, you know, I'm sure everybody's seen it at this point. He was coming down, you know, down the wall by the bench and he got hit where the glass partitions start and his head first. We haven't heard anything. Like, when is there a health update or anything? I mean, this kid's the number two overall pick. You're expecting him to be an important part of the organization moving forward. I'm hoping that means that he's just okay. If he, I'm, I'm sure if he was seriously hurt that we would hear something, but um, really scary play with Nemitz this weekend uh, down in uh, Utica. Um, I think, uh, I think that they're, you know, they signed rough to a, a multi-year agreement. They don't want to sign him to a one-year deal because then you're like, you're a lame duck. I think that his player management should be held very accountable. I, I think you, what the last thing you want to do is, um, I understand that the players really like him and respect him and he's been around for a long time but you don't want to waste years of the window opening by, I don't know whether you would call them uh, very conservative roster decisions because he doesn't want to play young players because he knows he has an opportunity to, to fight for a Stanley cup that he, like we've talked about, I think he values veteran, the veterans so much more than he values the talent on the, uh, for the young guys. I, I think he's still in a phase in the team's development where development is, should be paramount. Um, but I'm not, yeah, I, I, I would be, I don't think they're going to fire Lindy rough. And I, I think, I think that he, he's earned the right to work through it the same way the players have. Sure. But I think that it's fair to hold him responsible and accountable the same way that you would hold the players responsible and accountable too. So I think that Tom Fitzgerald knows that he has given him all the pieces to put this thing together. It's up to the players to execute, no doubt about it, but it is up to the coaching staff to make the roster changes night by night and to, you know, who he throws out there. That's, his job too. So uh, if he can get the players up, if they're constantly not prepared to play in the first period, that's something that I think should be addressed. I mean, I, I think that's fair. Like, and I think that he would be okay with it too. I don't think that he thinks he's above that or so. Yeah. One of the nice parts about him is that he is so calm and, you know, he's never upset and stuff, but you would like to see a little fire when we come out in the first period and we're playing the way we have played the last last two games in the first period, you know, you would like to see a little emotion out of them and, and like, tell the guys that aren't skating, like, get off your ass and start skating. And, and you just, I don't see that. I thought Zucker played a very, he was towing the line on Saturday night or Friday night. I thought he towed the line. He, he got... He left his feet when he hit Nico in the corner, which Toffoli stood up for him and started barking at him from like the bench. Um, and he stuck his leg out on Palat, which Palat blew right through it, and it didn't phase him at all. But it was right in front of us, and he definitely put his leg out. Definitely. But, um, 
Yeah, I mean, he's been around for a long time and he's been a good player, but he was like definitely trying to stir things up. And it's the first game of the season. And I understand like people are, are fired up. Speaking of, I mean, you see Austin Matthews back to back hat tricks. I did. I did. And yet Jack Hughes is only one point behind him in the standings for the stats. Okay. It matters. It matters to me. You know what is pretty scary? Mackenzie Blackwood is leading the league in save percentage. Oh, God. <laughs> Everybody's talking about the 51 <laughs> save performance last night. You could have him. He's all yours. We'll no, I don't him. want him. I, I wouldn't want there him. There hasn't been a guy. I just played. thought that that was pretty funny that 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 stack came up. I was like, hmm. <laughs> there hasn't been a guy that scored two back-to-back hat tricks since 1918. Wow. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, that's impressive. That's yeah. impressive. Um, we have the Florida Panthers tomorrow who are going to play a much heavier intense game than Arizona did. Um, they came out of the shoot pretty bad. So, you know, I don't, I, I don't see them taking their foot off the pedal tomorrow night. I mean, they, they lost their first two games. I think that they're, I think they're going to come out, you know, they're going to be on fire. What they did was they switched Luke Hughes and Brendan Smith. Smith is playing the left side now and now, Luke Hughes is playing the right side. My, my, this is the way I look at it. You traded a pick away for Colin Miller to come in and play the right side, and then because you needed somebody that, to play over Smith, and then you pl- are playing Smith over Colin Miller on the opposite side. I don't understand how that makes any sense. So they're they're flipping him back. They're flipping him back in practice today, and we'll see what he looks like playing on the opposite side, where he belongs. But now you have Luke Hughes playing on the right side, where that's not his natural position. I think he's more capable of handling it because he's a more skilled player. He's a better skater. Um, but don't you want to make things as easy as possible for the rookie? You know, putting him on putting him on the opposite side, it just doesn't make sense. Well I think you I think you took Colin Miller in to play that position. They should try and put him there and don't make things any harder for Luke Hughes than they have to be. I mean, he's playing his his third NHL game knockout in the playoffs last year. It's like, come on. Well, you know, he I thought Luke Hughes Played pretty decent. Um, I was happy with his play overall. You know, we talked, great. we talked about it. Uh, it, it wasn't great. He, he played good. It wasn't great. But he, he, didn't, he didn't look like a rookie. To me, he didn't. I don't think he looked like a rookie. I think he looked pretty good. Okay. We talked, to this, we talked about this on the way home. Do you not think that he made very risky plays at the blue line with nobody, with no support. He made one very risky play that I saw. And How many times plays, did you watch the game? You're a guy that watches the no, game 50 times. I know, times. I know, I know. And I saw How many times did you watch the blue line? I hate that. I hate it. Um, you know, until you forfeit the puck, you know, you're playing within your 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 scope. 
I don't I don't like that. I don't like on the power play skating the puck or passing the puck across the blue line like that where you have a chance for for a shorthanded goal and all of a sudden momentum changes. I I don't like that. So I, I don't think anybody on our back end looked that good in particular. Like I thought that Hamilton stood out. Siegenthaler had a good Thursday night. Um Marino had trouble on Friday. He he which was surprising. That's just like not very like him, but he definitely had some trouble on Friday. You know, Smith played the best game he's going to play and still cost us a goal. Our back end didn't look good. And our, yeah, and, our and our forwards didn't either. And we didn't use our speed and we didn't transition the puck the way that we normally did. And this is why I was suggesting that we should play Nemitz over Smith because October hockey is very sloppy. And it's like, this would be a good time for him to, you can make mistakes and you could come out here and, it, and it, you know, there's going to be a lot of variables that happen to where it's not going to be as tight. So like, this might be a, a good opportunity to get him in and get some games under his belt while things are loose, but the devils looked way too loose. They, they did not, we didn't have a four check at all. None. No, I agree. I agree. And I, I and and playing loose and, and what you were saying about Nemitz does kind of make sense when you see that, you know, Edmonton lost two in a row. They lost to Vancouver and Buffalo got beat a couple times. They, you know, they lost to the Islanders. It's like games that shouldn't be, you know, scores that you see out there that shouldn't be happening are happening. So playing Nemitz right now, I don't think it could hurt us at all. Yeah, you know, it's not going to happen now. I mean, after he's down there. So it's like, I'm not going to keep bringing Nemitz up over and over, but it just, this is like an opportune time to get games under a kid's belt. You know, like it's like Luke Hughes, he played, he played decent. Like he, he wasn't bad. He looked, he looked like he belonged. He made some nice plays for sure. Um, but this is a great time for him to like learn on the fly. You know what I mean? Um, and when you're not playing your best and this has always been, uh, this has been a, regardless of what sport it is, like when you win games and you don't play your best, that's a good team when you find ways to win. So for the devils coming away with three or four points, you know, that's pretty good for a team that has clearly gotten off to a bit of a slow start to begin with. For sure. Um, you know, it's funny is I was wondering when we were doing, when we were doing billion dollar bets or billion dollar picks, I was thinking to myself, how does somebody lose a billion dollars gambling? Ask Phil. So I could tell you, one of them is by losing all your bets while picking the money line. Billion dollar picks the first week. Oh, baby. Phil would be proud. Oh, and three. But. I didn't just go 0 and 3. This is how you lose a billion dollars. I didn't just go 0 and 3. The Pittsburgh game, Chicago comes out 
Connor Bedard, he looks like the real deal. Right. Um, I thought Crosby was going to be able to show this kid, no way, you're not ready, not yet, still my league. So we laid $230 to win 100 and we lost $230. This is why you have to bet responsibly, people, okay? <laughs> Uncle Phil, we're going to get Uncle Phil on here to really go over all this. Then Friday, I figure the Devils have Akira Schmidt in net. You wipe off a little rust. From Thursday night, you get the first game home opener jitters out of the way. And you got the Coyote, the Phoenix Coyotes, who were one of the worst teams in the league on the road last year, or the worst team on the road last year. We risk 295 to win 100, and we lose. We lose. Yeah. <laughs> so then I'm thinking, okay, Saturday night, we have the Colorado Avalanche are going to go to San Jose. San Jose is one of the worst teams in the league. Colorado is finally healthy. They're missing Landeskog, but they're finally healthy. They look like a juggernaut, and they lose. Oh, wait, 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 wait. That's not true. Actually, I won this one, actually. I thought I took the puck line. Okay, so I risked 245, and we, we won this one. All right, so we went, we went one and two. It's not as bad, but either way, my God. Um, I don't, so they don't have the lines for the games for the week out yet. And um, I don't want to pick something. I don't want to suggest to pick something that I don't like yet. So we're just going to wait until the next episode to put, put some stuff in for, for, you know, the future. But man, it was not a good start. It was not a good start. Uncle Phil is is saying, I told you so. <laughs> Bet with your head, not over it. Yeah. So uh, what are your thoughts on tomorrow's game versus the Florida Panthers? I would hope that today's practice that, you know, that they just – they got an earful and they're going to come out. I like, I, I don't mind Lazar coming into that fourth line, you know, with Nosek being out. I, I didn't like the, I thought that if um, Holtz is able to play, I would rather have seen him play with um, Nico to move him up there. This way you get back to, to what we did in, in preseason. And I don't think we could have three slow starts the way we did. You know, it's going to be the hardest of the three games for sure. It's definitely going to be the most difficult. I thought that Detroit was going to be a really tough game too. And it was, but I think this one's going to be extra hard because, you know, them Florida losing the first two games of the season. I, I don't know whether that helps us or it hurts us, but I think that they're, you know, I think that they're going to come out flying. And when I say flying, I mean flying, you know, playing a, a seriously heavy game, which is not our game. Our true what enemy do you think? has yet to reveal himself. So our true enemy in this game, I don't think there's a need to overanalyze this. I don't think there's a need. There's a need to 
be cute about it. It's Matthew Kachuk. Like you can't let Matthew Kachuk have his way with our team. We know he plays. He toes the line. He's you can call him dirty. You can call him physical. You can call him a, just a good power forward. However you look at Matthew Kachuk is fine, but he can get under your skin. He has attacked our captain before. Absolutely. Um, he, I think he's borderline dirty at points. He, he he is dirty. He is dirty. But just like the playoffs last year, he's a guy that can carry the game by playing his game like Marshawn. I'm not saying I'm not saying he can't. I'm just saying he's a guy that you're going to want to watch out for to where if they get off to a slow start and maybe the Devils are up early on them, he might go out there and really he doesn't want to go down to three nothing. He's a leader on the team, clearly. He he might go out there and try to make something happen by taking a run at somebody, dropping the gloves with someone, just mixing the pot. That's that's his game. And that's something that every team would love to have a player like that. Um, but you gotta keep your eye on Matthew Kachuk when you're playing the Florida Panthers. He's not only their best player, but he's their scrappiest player too. Uh if I had one other guy it's Ryan Lumberg. I don't like that guy at all. He's got no skills. He brings nothing to the game. He's a Marshawn wannabe who doesn't have the skill that Brad Marshawn has, and he, he's a he's a, he can be he can be dangerous because he has nothing to offer. And the people, you know, it's like it's like when you're messing with people who don't have any value for life. Those are the people that are the scariest because they don't care. You know what I mean? He doesn't have anything to lose. Like he's a fourth line winger and he, to me, he just, he crosses that line often. So, right. Uh, and that scares me with a team who is good. Paul Maurice is a great coach and they are not going to want to be, you know, they're not going to want to look like fools by losing three in a row. So I'm expecting Florida to play a very tough game tomorrow. And I think the devils are going to have to really tighten up. Like, all right, you got the first two games out of the way. You know, one of the things is like, do you think that the devils try to, they have so much skill. Do you think that they're trying to play a flashier, more just crisp, Harlem Globetrotter type game at home. Yes. Yes. I would have to. I agree a hundred percent. I agree a hundred percent. Everything doesn't have to be a stretch pass and stuff. We could break out of our zone, you know, the same way, you know, you would do it on the road. It's, we definitely are making that one extra pass down by the net. For like, sure. Like you could, you could tell that our fourth line played pretty good because they just played north and south and they just dumped the puck in and they went after it. And like one of the things that Paul Maurice did with the Florida Panthers that I'd really like to see the Devils start to do now, you like to think that the Devils are going to make the playoffs regardless of what happens in the first month of the season. The Devils should make the playoffs. And if you know that you're a team that's playoff bound, you have to start kind of learning a playoff game and it, and, including it into your regular season. So one of the things that Paul Maurice did was he's, he got the, you know, he came over to Florida last year. He taught the Florida Panthers how giving up the puck can sometimes result in getting the puck back. So he had no problem giving up puck possession, 
knowing that he was going to be able to forecheck hard enough to create turnovers that would lead to them having possession down low. So we like to carry the puck through the neutral zone. Like that's clearly our thing. You're going to see tomorrow that the Panthers are not always going to carry the puck through the neutral zone. They're going to actually surrender possession. They're going to dump it down to us, but then they're going to come extremely hard with support, create turnovers, and then they're going to work down low off of turnovers, and that's how they get in front of the net, and they throw shots to the net and create confusion in front of the net. I would like to see the Devils start to learn how to pick and choose when it's okay to give up possession of the puck, especially when there's no room in the neutral zone, get it deep, and then work down low and regain possession. That's basic stuff that you're going to have to do once the playoff comes around and the game there's and there's just no room. We're playing we're we're playing way too f- we play a game that's so fast through the neutral zone that it'll work great against when we play the Rangers in the playoffs, but it'll and you know even like when we play if we were to play Pittsburgh it would work great. But even if we played a team like if the Islanders snuck into the playoffs, they're going to clog everything up. You're not going to have any room. At some point, you have to learn how to give the puck up and go in and then regain possession of it. And that's something that I I would like to see them start to incorporate in their game a little bit more. A little more dump and chase. But it's not just dump and chase. It's like it's – it's structured. It's like it's done. It, it's done. It's a play. You know what I mean? Like they're plays. Like, no, I know. One dump and chase is kind of a play too, where you you know throw it in the corner and outwork them for everybody have their assignments and outwork them for the for the turnover. But what you um, what you have to do is you have to finish your checks because what it does is it starts to wear a defenseman down, and at the end of the by the third does. period, they are the pucks getting thrown back in and they're turning around they're going after it going a little quicker and they have people barreling down on them and they're just trying to move the puck at this point right right and we we haven't finished our checks like we did not throw any hits i would like to see what our kevin ball threw a big hit on nico he actually at one point but i would like to see what our how many hits we had in the in the games because we're we're very caught up in our skill and rightfully so, we have a ton of it. But you have to like play fundamental too. And I think I think playing physical adds another level of depth. And it, it also it shows a willingness amongst superstars and amongst highly skilled players that trickles down throughout your entire organization. And when a young player comes in, they know that, you know. I actually think that Alexander Holtz would get down and block some shots and stuff like that, who that's not never been his game ever. I think that he would. And I thought actually when we brought it up too, I thought that Jesper Bratt played a pretty physical he looks more right. physical. I was gonna ask you about that because it was like here's a guy that's that's not a big guy. He's never going to be, you know, a guy that plays a big heavy game, but all of a sudden you know, showing the willingness to – he's just in better position. He doesn't have to, like, throw a hit where if he misses, he looks funny. He's just fast enough to be in the right positions. And he was – he played a much more physical game. Um, and Hughes played a much more emotional game than, you know, taking two pe- penalties. You're not going to win the bing like that. Um but I think that both those guys kind of, kind of, kind of played a little different, and I think it made a difference. 
No. How? It made a difference. They were they were they're obviously our two most successful um forwards that played the first two games. Um they I just th- played with, they played with a little more heart. It looks yeah, like they played with I, a little I, more heart than the rest of the team. I think but, I, I think I don't think Jack Hughes played very physically, but I thought he played very fast. He was he was quick. They were they were by our two best forwards. Um I thought Nico did not play very hard, which is kind of weird to say because he's like such a heart and soul kind of guy. Like right. it did it didn't look like he was laying it all out there. Maybe he wasn't in shape, or I don't know. And it's listen, like I'm not gonna you have time. Like I'm not I'm not hitting the panic button at all. Um and like Timo Meyer did, you know, he he has that bull rush thing that he does and and he's got to be physical. He's they have to be quicker. Like you have to finish your right. checks. Like, you know what I mean? Like I'm so I don't know. We'll see. We're going to the game tomorrow. Um we gave out a ton of stickers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if you're in New York, you're gonna see some stickers up there. I can guarantee you that. We ran into the Uncle Puckers. We ran into um we were running into all kinds of people. It was it was fun. It was good. It was fun. It was everybody together. And it was good to see like everybody like so excited and have you could tell just so much hope. There were so many years where the Devils opening night roster was total garbage. And it's like there are so many good players that we have at this point. And uh I'm looking forward to a really fun season. I'm hoping that this is just a slow start and they're able to get their stuff together. If you remember the first two games last year. Right. We were calling for Lindy's head. So right. um, there's a lot that could change very quickly. And with such a small sample size, it's very easy to overreact to everything. I mean, that's why you look at like football, for instance, like every week, it's either we look amazing and we're going to make the playoffs or we're the worst team ever, fire everybody kind of thing. And I don't think we have to worry about that. We're in a really sweet position with the roster that Fitzgerald has built. But you can always be better. You know what I mean? And just because you made the playoffs last year does not mean that you are guaranteed a playoff spot this year. Of course. It I doesn't. Think, it definitely of doesn't. Of course, I think they're going to make the playoffs. But I would like to see them start to think ahead and maybe try to incorporate some different stuff from the players, like guys who necessarily, this isn't their game, get them to start earning or learning and and earning the the you're going to need to do you're going to need to get out of your comfort zone if you want to win a Stanley Cup at some point. So if they can get familiar with being uncomfortable early and during the regular season by the time the playoffs roll around, not just this year but for years moving forward, I think it'll add a different dimension to the team's identity. The team's identity can completely change. I mean, if you look at the way that they the way that the team played in games three through seven of the Ranger series compared to games one through two, the Devils played a lot. It was, they had, they played with a lot more um, uh, confidence. They were loose. No. Yeah. They played with confidence, but they played smarter. Like they, they just weren't taking risks. They were, they were playing defensively. They were playing defensively very well. Um, they just they were a lot more responsible. And I think that if you're you know, this team looks like it could be playing for a Stanley Cup very soon, 
I would I would hope that they would start trying to incorporate that into their regular seasons moving forward. But um, yeah, I think I don't I, know. Every, everybody on Edison Place thinks the same way. Thinks that you know that it's it was definitely the most optimistic I've heard the crowd uh, going into opening opening night in a long time. And it, it was pretty cool. It was, it was, it was like going to a, going to your high school reunion and stuff and seeing everybody, everybody was so happy to be there thinking that this is it. You know, we, we legitimately, it's not crazy to think that we have a chance to, to play, play for the cup this year. It was good. Yeah. I went to Pete and Elders for lunch today and uh, there was a lot of devil swag in that place. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's crazy. Man, Everybody, I, I, everybody's yeah. coming out, you know, like and the try Manasquan Pizza sometime. It's, they got the flags up in there. They're they've been season ticket holders since nineteen ninety. Besides the fact they have fantastic pizza. That's awesome. Cool. Well, um, yeah, we're gonna wrap it up. We will be back sometime um this week. Uh the Devils don't play again until Friday. So they're going to play tomorrow and then they play Friday. Maybe what we'll do is we'll do something on like Wednesday or Thursday. You're driving back down to Florida, right? I am. I'm going to leave um, whatever time I wake up uh, Tuesday. I'm going to leave then and see how far I get and see if I could drive right through or whatever. Cool. Well, maybe we'll do like a funny one where we call you while you're driving on the road and you do it live. <laughs> yeah, me and the two dogs. Uh, you oh, know, we'll geez. have a lot to say. You'll hear me. You'll hear my uh, road rage all the way to from Jersey to Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of the left lane. <laughs> Were people just driving like the biggest assholes the other day up to the game? Oh, my God. I don't know if it's me, if it's you, if it's – but. People, people are just like, I think because they legalized marijuana in New Jersey that everybody's like, just taking that slow ride in the left lane. <laughs> it drives me nuts. Oh, no, that's not even what I'm talking about. Uh, I'm talking about the people that were like swerving in front of us. And oh, the, the poor, the, yeah, the Porsche that came flying around and then gave you a brake test. Yeah, like, and, and, then the, and then on the way back, the guy flying up the shoulder and cutting everybody off and fly, the two right. cars chasing each other. Right, right. We're like right. Tokyo drifting on the on the turnpike. <laughs> I'm like <laughs> RIP Paul Walker. But um yeah, no, that's all I got. Uh yeah, you've been listening to the Trap Podcast. Dad, you got anything? I got nothing. Three out of four points, our first two games. Not the way we wanted it to go, but not bad. Not yeah. bad for not playing our best. So. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what this team looks like when, you know, you get some chemistry and everybody's playing up to the level that we know that they can. So, um, one more thing. One more thing. Yep. Let's give a. Let's give a. Uh, um, what do you think um, your guess is for tomorrow night's score? Um, prediction or prediction for tomorrow night's score. I don't know. Go ahead. You you started off. You have some five three devils. Okay. Yeah. Sure. I mean, I don't know. Come on. Four, you don't have one. Four two maybe. Four two. <clears throat> maybe like it was three two, and then we score an empty netter. I think that I think our offense is going to wake up a little bit. So 
I'm saying I'm I'm predicting they throw up five goals. You love the predictions. I do. Oh my God. You and the because I look at everything but rose colored glasses, remember, Bo? (laughs) Okay. And you've been listening to the Trap Podcast. My name is Bill Botch, and you are here with my father, who I love so very much. Uh, I will we will get back to you uh, sometime this week. It was uh, thank you guys for submitting your questions and I appreciate you guys supporting the show and everything. Make sure you hit subscribe and like and all the stuff that you do uh, to social media. Accounts.